This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Sanctuary of a Shadow with mention of the Barbie movie. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the fantasy literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are welcoming a very special guest and our new friend, romanticy author Aurora Asher. Welcome, Aurora. Welcome. Hi, I'm Aurora Asher. Um, I write fantasy paranormal romance. So thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And we are so excited to talk about your new release. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited too. (laughs) How has it been going from like the indie author world to being traditionally published and balancing both of those? It's been uh, actually pretty crazy. Like last year, especially was like the the first, um, like I was working on both my indie series and this book at the same time. And it was like a lot. <laughs> so did like, you get any well, rest? <laughs> no, not really. Like I ended up doing, I did at the end of the year, like in um, August, we went on like a road trip for two months and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, so I, I kind of checked out then and took my time off, but it was a lot over the, over the earlier part of the year for sure. Do you do a lot of road trips? Uh, yeah, actually it's a, I don't know. We have a camper van and, we just drive a lot. My family is in BC, so and I'm from there, so we tend to drive out west quite a bit. Ooh, that's so soothing. The open road, right? That's very like, yeah. oh, that's amazing. Now, uh, speaking of the open road, I, I've done a little digging. I did a little research, and there is a story about how you kind of got these character names for your new release, uh, Sanctuary of the Shadow. Is that right? Like, yes, on the on the road. It's the one that I wrote in the author's note, right? At the, at the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was totally, um, on our way back from a road trip to BC. Um, yeah, there was like, we were somewhere in Northern Ontario, like just there. It's like, and if you drive up there, it's like you go like five hours between like a town. So it's just like bush. Um, and then randomly there was like this little sign on the road that said like race road. And I was like, that's such a cool name. <laughs> and that was like, I don't know, the rest just kind of happened. That, that's, that's incredible. I have gone on record. I don't have talent. I cannot imagine what it would take to, <laughs> um, to just like see something and be like, yes, this is going to be this fantastic um, story that I have in my hands right here. Um, so we touched on your indie stuff and this is uh, your, your first release here uh, with Entangled and Red Tower. What was this writing process like before we jump into the meat of your story here? Yeah, this book actually, I wrote the first version of this book actually quite a while ago. Um, um, it's, it was actually written before any of my indie books that are now that I published. Um, and I, I don't know, it was, it was before I considered I was ready to publish and it was, I was just writing for fun. And, um, I don't, I don't know. I just had the idea to write a fantasy and I had a bunch of elements and a name for my hero. And, uh, so I wrote this book and then, um, yeah. And then I, I started querying, um, different publishers and I didn't really have much luck. So I was like, meh, I'm going to go indie. So then I started working on my other series to do indie. And that was when Molly, my editor, just like randomly got back to me like months later and was like, I want to do this book. And I was like, amazing. It was it was really cool because I wasn't expecting it at all. I would kind of like written it off. <laughs> it's usually how it happens when you start dismissing things. You're like, wait, now I have all this all this effort into something else. This would have been really helpful. So I'm not working on a bazillion projects now, but it's also very rewarding, I can imagine. 
Yeah. And it was cool because I had finished the book like so long ago and just kind of forgotten about it and like always loved it. But I was like, one day I'll, you know, do something with this. And then like working with Molly, my editor, we like rehashed it and like, like it's totally different now than it was back then. Like it's way better. <laughs> like definitely it's, it's better now, but it was fun to kind of like unbury it and like brighten it and make it into something. Now, what was the inspiration? Like, did you always know that you wanted to write a book that had the circuit's themes, like, started off? Like, how, like, what came first? Was it the setting? Was it the story? Was it the romance? Like, what was the starting point for you with Sanctuary of the Shadow? There was a few factors, like the circus thing, um, not a lot of people know this, but Montreal is actually like a huge circus city. Like it's actually considered like one of the best places like in the world for the circus, like Cirque du Soleil was, you know, created here. And like, so I just, since I moved here, like I have like numerous friends who are like insanely talented circus performers. And it's like, I'm just like, what? Like it totally blew my <laughs> mind, but it's like normal. Talk about a party trick. <laughs> yeah. Like it's normal here. But um, so yeah, that was kind of like, and it's something that like, you know, like I've done like yoga, but like there's, I'm not like dropping from, you know, the ceiling and silks and like, there's no way. So like, I've always been really impressed by that. And uh, yeah, I wanted to maybe explore that a little bit. And then other elements for the story, like my two characters, kind of their characters came to me. Um, this is a, totally, this is like some niche backstory here, but um, long before I thought about publishing and I was just writing for fun. That's kind of how I got started. I would just started writing and didn't really plan to do anything with it. I wrote this other book. Um, and I had these two characters in the book and I had to like kill them off in this book. And like, I hate doing that. And I was so devastated. And like, I still haven't even done anything with this other book I wrote because it just made me so sad. <laughs> But so I actually like took those characters and like, it was a totally different book and they weren't the same people at all, but it was like their natures, their personalities kind of like inspired Harrow and Wraith in this book. So I kind of like gave them the like happy ending that I wanted to give them in this other book. That's so fun. Also, like with you saying that they kind of came from this other book that you had killed them off. Was it when you were writing them? are you the type of author where you intentionally did that or did the characters kind of um, write themselves? Because everyone, sometimes people say like, I don't know where it's coming out of my hands. This is very much the characters are writing the story. I'm just the medium. Yeah, definitely that, the second one, like <laughs> um, I definitely, I'll plan something and then it's like, the characters do something else. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. Thank <laughs> you. Now I have to rewrite everything. But now here we are with mm -hmm. like an alternate universe in a way with Harrow and Rave. Yeah. And they happy. And like, I almost love that this book is the one that became something. And the other, cause I was so sad <laughs> about the other one. That, <laughs> and then maybe that was why I never did anything with it. But so this is, I'm like, no, they act, they're happy. And like, <laughs> this is the real story. So we have a, I mean, I guess spoiler, but this is a happily ever after, right? Happiness, happiness abounds. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, before we jump into like our, our, our plot here, but this is our fan, this fantasy. This is our romance fantasy. And we've got a map in the beginning of this book. Uh, we have cities, we have places, we have travel, we have distances. How was this, uh, world building for you? And has, was that uh, a different kind of situation for you than in your previous series? Yeah, it was, um, definitely fun, but also a challenge. Um, like my other books were like paranormal. So they're all kind of based in real cities or real places. So I, when I had the idea to write a fantasy, I was like, it's going to be so fun. I can just make it up as I go. And it's so freeing. And then next thing you know, I'm like neck deep and like, like, I'm like, how long does it take to ride a horse this many <laughs> kilometers? Fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I have like, I have like, um, when they designed the map for sanctuary, they asked me if I had any like 
rough drafts of maps that they could base it off of. So I was like digging up these like ugly pieces of paper where I drawn like <laughs> X's and like really ugly mountains and like a forest, which is like a bunch of scribbles. And I was like, good luck. <laughs> like, so yeah, that ended up being way more complicated than I expected, but it was also really fun. Um, and some of the places, like some of the inspiration for places is like off of places that I've traveled. So like things that I loved, I kind of like made sure to like put in certain, like, um, I'm, I'm from BC, the West coast. And I'm like obsessed with the like old growth, like rainforest on the coast. And so that's like the ethereal forest is totally like what I visualize is like that kind of mossy, like cedars, like big trees, like stuff like that. So that was fun to be able to use different like nature settings that I love in real life. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Allegra is based on a city in India. Is that correct? Yeah, it's totally like it's I wouldn't say based, but like I've traveled in India a few times. And um, one of my favorite places there is Varanasi. um, And it's this super ancient, super like sacred city. And they have there's like the old city is like these really tiny alleys and like just these old buildings that half of them are like leaning and like, it's just total chaos there, but it's so magical. And it's like this, it's like one of the oldest places still, if not the oldest, like in the world right now, that's still like a city from before. Um, and yeah, if you go like just Google maps and you like zoom in, it's like, there's no Google doesn't know. It's like, good luck. Like if you enter this area, you're on your own here. So that was totally like that vibe was totally in my head when I described Allegra. Cause yeah, it's totally, it's got, it feels magic when you're there. So I kind of just like inspired it. By that. I was going to, that was going to be my question. Like when you were there, were you just like, I, there's no way that I can't be influenced by this, this beautiful city. Um, and have it inspire your writing. And you're like, I knew I have to write about this in some capacity. Yeah. I actually wasn't a writer when I traveled there. Um, so I don't know if I knew that at the time, but I definitely like, it's something that like, once you go to a place like that, it's always like in your head, like you don't just like forget that you went there, you know? So looking for inspiration of like places that just visualizing things like it's something that comes up in my head like a lot. So it's like, I sometimes feel like all the travels that I did like before when I was younger, before I was writing, like I was like, thank God I did that. Cause now I have all these really cool like ideas <laughs> and your ideas. How do you organize your ideas when, when you are getting ready to write? Are you a, what is it? A pantser? Uh, are, <laughs> what, what, what are you? Yeah, definitely a pantser. Like, mm. yeah, I have friends that write like flow charts of their characters and I'm like, you're amazing. But my everything pretty much lives in my head. And I tend to write like notes, but they're just like these long ass documents on Google Drive that are just totally jumbled. And like, it'll be like outline notes. And then there'll be another one that's like outline notes two, and then outline notes three. And they're all just like, <laughs> And sometimes I go to reference them. I'm like, I can't, I don't know what to do with this. So I tend to, yeah, I think I keep a lot in my head and I, I reference off that. I think writing it down makes it so it's in my head. So when I need to like, remember, it's just like already there. You already know what you have it on paper. You're like, what was that thought? Oh, I already put it over. That's yeah. how Laura structures our episodes. She writes all these notes. There will be arrows. And I guess I would be the equivalent of a plotter because I'm like bullet point, sub bullet point, sub bullet point two. And so you two would like, could it be me? So well with like your, <laughs> like the way your mind like organized. You're like, it's there. It's there. I swear. It's some, yeah, like it works different people. Like I honestly, I'm jealous of my author friends that can do like highlighted like character sheets. Cause I'm like, that's so beautiful. And like, imagine putting that in like an amazing like binder or something. And you like reference it. Like, I love the idea of it, but for me in practice, I just, I don't know. It just goes, it's chaos, <laughs> organized chaos. Oh, or, but it, And it's organized for you and that's what works yeah. best. It's so it's always so interesting to hear that that process of like what works best for each individual and great work comes out of all these different ways. Totally. Yeah, I think it's about like finding your personal strengths 
and just working with it rather than being like, I need to be a certain way because that's what, you know, I'm told is the way it's more like, okay, this type of thing is just really challenging for me. So I'm just going to find a different way to do it. Yeah. Well, if it's not, it's like when you're trying to match shapes, you're like, if this isn't working, there needs to be another way. What is that way? Yeah. The like round peg square hole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Okay. I I want to start I want to start talking about talking about your release here. I have it in my hands. It's wonderful. Something that uh, Jessica and I are very passionate about, very serious about, is sisterhood, female friendships. Uh, this I love this that. Uh, this kind of uh, a found family without being told over and over again that they are a found family. You know, you you really feel it. Uh, this is a your release is a perfect example of this. Uh, you have different, I think, levels of sisterhood too. We have uh, this beautiful world building of a a bunch of queens who are 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 fighting they're coming together they're fighting they're teaming up they're also fighting and then we have a <laughs> sisterhood um of harrow and mal uh is female friendships is that something that's very important to you uh and jumping from that what, did you always know that that was going to be such a heavy kind of plot point here in this book yeah i love that question because it's definitely something that I think about a lot. Um, there are certain tropes that like, yeah, I'm not out to criticize, but like I personally am just really tired of reading about like female rivals, especially when it's to do with a man. Like, I'm just like, can we not fight over men? Like, so like, and I also love like, there's, I, I feel like there's so many books out there about like women who have like, a shitty relationship with their mom and their mom is shitty. And like, so like, I really love the idea of bringing something like to my books where it's like the, the women are supporting each other. And that doesn't mean that they're like, they don't have flaws and they don't like mess up. Um, so yeah, like heroin Mal, I wanted to show the, yeah, like I just love the idea of just like BFFs, you know, like, like someone said this to me, they were like, Mal's energy is totally like, like, what are you doing? But do we need to bury the body? Like mm -hmm. she's already got the shovel, you know? <laughs> like, well, that goes with like female friendships that you can be supportive and be like your number one cheerleader and also having the respect to like, okay, well, I can be supportive of you and not agree with you, yeah, which is like, totally. are we sure? Like Mal, like right in the beginning, she's very much like, are, are we sure? Are we sure, sure about this? <laughs> really? like, I got you, but it's only been a couple days. I just want to make sure I have all. <laughs> I'm understanding everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I felt like, yeah, I really liked. I love Mal's character for that. She's very. Um, she has her opinions, and like you know, honestly, I was kind of on her side <laughs> when I was when I was writing the scene where her, I was like, I'm running away with the man I just met, like. Val's like, uh, no, you're not like what? So like, um, but I also love that she's like, when it comes down to it, she's like, all right, like I'll help you. Like, cause I trust your instincts and like, you know, um, and yeah, like, yeah, going back to like what you said before about the Queens. Um, another thing I, I love reading is like flawed female characters. And I feel like female characters, get a lot more like hate <laughs> than male characters and when they mess up like readers maybe are harder on them um so i wanted to try to like i mean this didn't necessarily go through my head exactly like this but maybe subconsciously but like i wanted to try to show a female character like the queens that you're like like i don't like these people like they're they're evil they're they're acting shitty but then also try to like get you to sympathize a little bit because you're like, you know, their motivations are maybe not great, but they're like, you understand why they are the way they are. Yeah. I feel like one thing, like we're very much, we support women's rights, but we also support women's wrongs. But like you said, like <laughs> seeing where people are coming from, usually you're just, especially like how you have them right. And you're like, but I, I get it. I don't have to agree again, but I, I can see coming from their point of view. 
Yeah. And yeah, I feel like, yeah, it makes us maybe uncomfortable to read about women that are like, not like there's lots of, of like just evil female villains, like in movies and and they're always older women too, which is another, you know, thing I could fall into, but it's, it's not often, I feel like that there's a villain that's a woman that's also kind of lovable. Like they're usually men. So I was like, I really wanted to explore making like this really like complicated villain that you're like, I hate them, but I also get it. Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, and you bring up men before, before we talk about our main (laughs) man, uh, I'd like to talk about Salazar a little bit. Uh, Where, where did this character come from with his lightning stick? Like, this is really great stuff. Like, I, I love this authoritative uh, you know, like, like ringleader circus man. I say that loosely. Um, just how, how fun. I, I am totally here for it. I would love to know just kind of the background on this. I, yeah, I like have that whole story about how I came up with like Rafe's character and la la la. And his character was totally born out of the story. Like there was no like pre inspiration. It was just kind of like it just fit like when I started picturing like because the, the circus kind of exists in this gray area where you know like elementals aren't really welcome it's hard for them to like find jobs or like exist in like normal society and yet this circus has found a way to kind of thrive and like be accepted and so you know that there's like shady business going on under you know that we don't see even like necessarily on the page like that something's going on for, to keep the circus, like from, it kind of keeps it like aloof. Like, why is it not taken down by people that are, you know, discriminating against elementals and stuff. And it just felt like, okay, we need somebody who's like really ruthless to be leading this. And somebody who is also speaking of morally gray, I just love morally gray characters. So like, He's like, definitely was my favorite. I loved writing him. And like, I loved going more like that was a thing that I worked on a lot with Molly, my editor. Um, when we started editing, it was like, we went way into like his motivations and his character. And yeah, there's a lot more about him that will come in later books too. So <laughs> Really? Oh, that's so exciting. That's so fun. Uh, yeah. I, I, that is I'm so excited because he he was one of my favorite characters. I just really loved um, his whole situation. So you you've just kind of made my day uh, with knowing Sweet. that we're just going to get like too. a little more. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, how fun! Um, but I guess while we're talking about men, let's talk about our our main man here. Uh, where where did Wraith come from? What and why? Wraith with an R. With an R. Wraith with an R. Wraith with an R. Wraith with an R. Our, 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 our sweet newborn man, right? Our sweet, our sweet, uh, but, but not too new. Wait, what it, what it's like a wink, right? She winks like yeah. new, but not too. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know. I guess I, while we're on the topic of like strong female characters, I loved, um, in his dynamic, like he's def, he definitely kicks ass. Like we have no doubt that he has, you know, ass kicking abilities but i i loved writing his dynamic of like him being like so unsure about everything i guess like i read a lot of books and i love these books like i love them but i read a lot of books where the woman is always like oh i'm so like you know the fish out of water trope like thrown into something especially if you read paranormal romance like that's like Mm -hmm. the plot of every paranormal romance um, and then the man is always like, I'm the like, you know, 800 year old vampire and I'll show you the ways <laughs> of whatever. So yeah, it was kind of fun to like flip that dynamic and have him be like, like, I'm definitely capable and like strong, but I literally am like lost here. I have no idea what anything is. And he's trying to like piece together, like not just like where he is, but like his own identity. And like, he's so like, he naturally would like more than just the physical attraction, like gravitate toward Harrow's like the way she's so sure about like her instincts and like right and wrong and stuff. That's what I was going to say with Wraith. He's there's so much uncertainty and self doubt that he carries mm-hmm. and in himself as a person and in his actions. Yeah. And he's, I think he's battling like what he's being told or shown 
about himself and then like what he feels about himself. And it's like, he has these beliefs and feelings that, and then he's saying like, well, that must be wrong because everyone out here is saying that like, you know, I'm evil or like, I'm not redeemable or whatever. Which, which brings me to the perfect point. We have Harrow. We have our, our main character here who is a seer and who says when everyone is like Harrow, girl, like, this is what he is. Here's the, like, boom, 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 boom. And Harrow says, no, 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 no. The water told me that he is not this thing. I would have felt it. I would have felt if he had like the violence or like the, the, to kill, if he had taken a life, the water would have told me these things. And she is so sure. And then later it's like, mm, and she's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, even with, even with the water telling her, it was like the, gut instinct where she's like i can feel it in my gut and that he's not evil it was like about his soul and like the pureness of it so i think there's also something to be said that you're tapping into it's like women trusting their gut instinct totally i love that about her character is that she's she's like soft and like very empathetic but she's still very like sure of like she's like this is what i believe in like you know, it takes a lot to make her question that as we see. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, she's like very like strong in her beliefs and like her upbringing, like even though she lost her family, like she had really strong beliefs in herself and her abilities because of like how she was brought up. Well, and a key thing here too, uh, just talking about like the journey, um, uh, kind of the woman's journey of confidence in yourself, but also just the journey of Haro or Haro in this story is that she, uh, is learning to trust her instincts, to trust her gut. And then things happen and she doesn't, right? And, and she, she believes the wrong thing. Um, but then she does trust herself again. And she's like, I'm giving totally into my intuition, into my instinct. I'm letting it guide me. Like, this is how it's going to be from now on. I'll give true readings. So, um, and in doing so, and she has faith with her and like through, through them together, she can be like the best, right? Like the best version of herself. Um, this, that journey, uh, is like kind of within this story is, of course, wonderful and fantastic. And thank you for giving us this gift for us to read. Um, but is very important because I do feel like a lot of times you read stories where women give up huge parts of themselves for a man, mm, whether it be yeah. power, whether it be just agency or, uh, you know, any, any of that. Uh, so to have, just this like very beautiful kind of like equal relationship here. Um, of course, we know it's a happily ever after um, where Harrow embraces herself. All of her true self was just really stunning. And I just want to say like, thank you for that. Um, but it, oh, is, you. it is very important, uh, I think, for readers, especially for for women to have stories like this. Yeah. And I think um, going back to what we said, like the flawed character, like we're saying Harrow is so strong. She has such a like belief in herself and her, and she knows what's true, but then based on her own like past, like trauma and like what she's told by a uh, like authority figure, Queen Daria, she then questions herself and like, you know, turns her back on her beliefs and like, as a reader, you're like, but Wraith, like, how could you doubt him? Like he's so, precious you know but also like you can't help but like sympathize because you're like well, that's a pretty heavy like thing for her to just like have to accept so yeah I just I love that she's like flawed but like stronger and I also love that I love the dynamic in like every book when the couple like they through the progression of the like relationship they're both like stronger like whether it's not like yeah like she gives up something or like her agency or her power like that that trope like that gets me like she sacrifices her power to save him like <laughs> so yeah i'm glad that that's not an issue here it's so interesting that this is like a universal feeling amongst women of like why do we need to give up our power why do we need for like this is such a frustrating trope that we see but why is it still being and yet, Like, it's a universe. And we're like, we don't, yeah. there's a different way to do this. 
it's funny like if you watch like um especially older like 10 years ago like rom-com movies which are like marketed for women like it's like i I like rom-coms so i try to i watch a lot and like i try to look for the good ones but in my like experience i found that a lot of them have certain messages that in my opinion are not actually women's messages like they're saying like you know, the goal in life is to get married and women are like unhappy and incomplete until we're married. So like the foundation of half these movies is he's having this issue at work and he's this challenge and he wants to do this thing. And her issue is why am I still single? And you're like, like that, who invented that trope? And like, it's kind of the leftover of this really like archaic, like patriarchal, like mindset. And like, yeah. And I think, women are we're we're tired of reading it or consuming media and i think women creators are like unpacking their own yeah you know the thing that what made me write that like it's like is that actually what i want or did I, was i just told or have i been conditioned this way i mean yeah, i'm a yeah. rom-com girly till i die i love a good rom-com and you're always like looking for it but you're also looking for a different message and i think the conversation in general uh like with um with women has shifted too that we feel that it's acceptable to be more vocal about these conversations mm-hmm. too yeah and it's it's totally like women are we're like all we want it's not that crazy it's like we just want to be portrayed in media as like human beings like we have problems we have personalities we have flaws so like we don't want to be like completely just negated to being like on the search for a husband or on the flip side, we also don't necessarily want the like super woman, like ultimate kick-ass baddie who is like, just also more male gaze. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and, and did you see Barbie over the summer? Yeah, I did. So there's like that perfect, like part of America Ferreira's speech is like, there is a middle. She's like, what about every day? Like, it doesn't have to be these two extremes of being a sex object or kick ass. Like, what if, what if I just want to be depression Barbie? I just want to like hang out at home and watch popcorn Barbie. Like, that's yeah. just as important too. Yeah. And it's totally like, I think there was a, a flip, um, in media where we were tired of seeing women portrayed as just like the damsel in distress. So then they started making like, women who are like sword swinging assassins and like, that's all fun and good. And I'm not saying that that those stories aren't good because some of them are great, but like, I love reading about women who are just like women who are still strong and good characters. Like maybe she's a stay at home mom and like, she loves being a mother and like, that's a valid story and that deserves to be told. And we don't have to like reduce that to like, you know, I don't know, not (laughs) like a side character or like that. It's not like an important thing, which spoiler, that's kind of like, that's where we are at the end of this too, going into the epilogue, into the next story of where Harrow is at in her life. Yeah, that was actually, this is a, my first ever um, spoiler pregnancy (laughs) that I've ever written in an epilogue um, because like, nor like I kind of joke about it. Like I'm like, we all kind of joke about we're like pregnancy, blah, (laughs) you know, like, but then I also will be happy to read about it if it, but like, and when I was writing this book, I was like, no, it needs that because it's all about like the new beginning and like starting over. And like, it was just like, when I, yeah, when I wrote that, I was like, whether, however I feel about this trope, like this story needs that. And like, they need that the future of the world needs it. Well, and talking about how they got there, let's talk about the spice. Uh, spicy book, <laughs> spicy book, very fun. Uh, how do you uh, feel writing spice? Is it, do you have, um, do you like block out certain things? Do you have diagrams? Do you have dolls? <laughs> everybody, everybody is different. Everybody uses different things. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel, and I know this is a follow up question to like the whole thing, but like, do you feel pressure? with the shift of people talking about spice or are you like, you know what I can do without spice, but this is what I wanted or this is what the readers wanted. I'm definitely pro spice. I'll be honest. Um, when I started reading romance, um, I dove right in like by accident to like spiciness. Like the first paranormal series I ever read was like J.R. Ward. Hmm. 
So I was like, okay, <laughs> but I've always loved it. And, um, I love writing it. I just feel like there's something so, and like, I don't think I like writing it just for the sex, which is a great, you know, that's there and that's great. We love that. <laughs> but I think what I love most is how, like, whatever motivate, whatever motivations and like dynamics and like, crazy conflicts like led to this moment when everything just like explodes in this like you know culmination of all these feelings or like whatever and like I think that's one of my favorite parts about setting up a plot is like how can we take these two people that have these crazy conflicts and like it ends up in this one moment where just like they throw everything away and it comes together and like it's super fiery and explosive and like for me I would just be like so bummed to like be like you know, and then like, and, then the black, and they woke up the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> like, I need that. Well, and, and in this book specifically, we have um, our main characters having like, what, five solid days of, um, yeah. I mean, fantastic, the stamina, amazing, inspirational, incredible, just, just so much fun. Uh, so the Kind of, kind of circling back, uh, I was struck by what you were saying about like the pressure maybe to put in spice or, or anything. It kind of just reminded me of the conversation of like, um, like girls and like women just like can't really enjoy anything, right? Like everybody has something to say and, and everybody kind of like shits on the romance genre, right? But it's the <laughs> yeah. biggest, like most successful, like hello. By like, a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. like come on. Um, so, I find it then incredibly satisfying that you're like, you know what? I love it. Let's put it <laughs> in. Like, yeah. Like, it, it, it is just so positive. It's wonderful. That actually took me a bit of time to unpack. Like, when I first started writing, I was like so secretive about it. Like, I wouldn't even tell like my husband. He's like, what are you always doing on your computer? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> like, like, you know, and then like, so it took me a few years to like work through it. And like, um, I, I still really don't talk about my writing and my books much to like people outside of my like close family or friends. Um, because it's just like, it's totally like, Oh, you're a writer. Like, Oh, cool. Like, what do you write? And I'm just like, I write romance. And then I just look at them. I'm like, what are you going to do? And then they're like, Oh, and it's like this moment. And you're like, yeah, here it is. Like, and then they're like, Oh, like, you know, and then some people go like, Oh, and they get all like, you know, and you're like, just be normal. Like, it's fine. Yeah, like treat you know? this like any it's other genre and yeah, nobody like, does. Like, yeah. come on. If I wrote thrillers, you'd be like, Oh, neat. I read a thriller once, you know, like, why do we got to be like, so yeah. uptight about it or like act like I just said I do porn or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, but that's true, though. That I mean, that's that's really kind of relevant. And that, that kind of um, speaks to other conversations of just like you say something and, you know, I really like this thing. And people are like, whoa, and, you know, they're like, hmm, really take a step back. It's like, huh. And that kind of speaks to the search of like finding your people, right? Finding your people, finding your genre, mm -hmm. finding your comfort, finding the thing that you love so that you can find uh, the community. And the community totally. is something that is just so special. And I I feel personally in a um, romance fantasy kind of um, those genres, uh, we have a great community. I think it's wonderful. I know. I I love it. It was, it's been totally amazing for me, like getting on, yeah, like starting my Instagram page a few years ago as an author. And like, when, like when I first started publishing, I would, I like asked a couple questions of authors and like expected like, you know, one or two word answers and ended up, they gave me like a video tour of their entire, you know, history and like so helpful and, um, yeah, I guess like, I feel like we're so used as women that like the things that we love that are like for women are like regarded as like shitty or, you know, trashy or whatever. So we're used to like apologizing for what we like. And that goes for like music, like movies, like everything. It's like women quality content. It, like it's, I mean, women centered content is seen as like low quality or like bad. So I love in this community that we are like, 
it's like we're just like we're all of us agree that that's like bullshit and like we're not gonna deal with it so we just like hang out and like do our own thing and like if people don't like it like there's the door you know (laughs) yeah and and kind of speaking to like the things things that you like i i want to know what you loved about writing this book i do you have favorite moments favorite characters or something that you put in there that you're like oh my gosh i i put this in there just for me Yeah, I always like my favorite things are like character interactions. Um, So those are always my favorite things to write, like people having funny arguments or like just conversations that are just casual, like not nothing crazy like happening. Um, I think my favorite scene to write in the whole book randomly was the scene where she like brings him the cookies <laughs> and he like eats the cookie and then like shares, shares. it with her like <laughs> that was my favorite it was like oh. but it goes to the like the soft moments too that you can still be so strong and you can totally. like even his internal dialogue she's like she's actually she likes me she's being nice to me but i can tell she's scared but she's strong because she's pushing past her fear And like, you totally like his thoughts are kind of messed up. He's like, I could totally just like break her neck. (laughs) And you're like, ooh, but he's like, but I don't think I will. (laughs) That doesn't seem like a smart idea, but I will protect her at all costs. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll protect you at all costs. Here's us just falling in love with our sympathetic, like little monster, right? Is he a monster? (laughs) Is he? No, we love him. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we have we have we have sympathy. We we love our morally gray characters. They are just the hottest. Gray's our favorite color. You got it. Yeah. No. Of course. You know, red flags are pink. Pink's our favorite color too. <laughs> Something that I really, really just love is that while we we are in the circus, obviously this is like you know circus setting, um, and we have little glimpses of other acts in in the circus which i find just so fun of course mal is a gymnast and that is fantastic um i don't have as i said any talent but mal being (laughs) mal being a gymnast and then um towards the end of this book it is kind of alluded that she is going to be uh kind of starring in the next book yeah yeah, I tend to write standalones. So I love to write, um, like the couple of each book, like gets their time to shine and their happy ending. And, um, the next book will feature a different couple, but obviously like Harrow and Wraith are going to be like a big part of it, but they are just happy and we just get to read about them being happy. And I love that. So yeah, the next book is going to be about Mal and her future partner who shall not be named yet (laughs) oh my gosh um i i am i'm super super stoked for that um because the the hints throughout throughout the book are just very satisfying um also there are just lovely hints throughout the whole book um about about your happily ever after epilogue pregnancy right uh you know (laughs) the the you know rare children i i just i love that so much um okay so kind of my my last question for you is Here's my confession. I don't love the circus. I got sick at the circus when I was a child. I have this like horrible memories of just like cotton candy and mustard and an elephant. Um, So I saw this. I was like, oh, the circus. Okay. Um, (laughs) You're like, oh, I feel nauseous. (laughs) Well, but I think that just kind of goes to the strength of your storytelling and your writing. Because me, who is like biased against the circus, came in here and, and loved this, right? It was a, a really beautiful, um, kind of rendition of the circus. So my, my question for you then would be, how would you pitch this to somebody that goes, mm, I don't love the circus? Oh man, that's tough. <laughs> My like first instinct is to be like, too bad. <laughs> no, I'm just feel like you don't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would just be like that. It's like it's magical and it's fantasy and like it's. I also think it's a circus, but it's maybe not like 
the type of circus that we're, that we've been to. Like, you know, I don't have, there are no elephants. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Agree with you a hundred percent that animal cruelty free. We don't Let's, want animals yeah. in the circus. Yeah. And I think that my, because of living in Montreal, my definition of circus is not the same as like the, our maybe like childhood or like, I haven't been to circus in the U S or like, I don't know like what your guys's normal way of thinking of circus is, but like, I like the first time I ever saw Cirque du Soleil, I was like a kid. Um, they came to Vancouver. Um, and I was, I remember my brain like literally like exploded. Like I'm sitting in these like seats and there's people like swinging from the roof. Like, and you're just like, what is happening? I was like 12 and it was like crazy. So has there never been circus animals or has it just been outlawed for a really long time? In Canada, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think I ever saw a circus animal. Oh. So I don't know that's if that's awesome. a Canadian I, thing or a me that, thing. Maybe my parents did that. I don't know. That's great. Oh, that's incredible. No, because my first circus memory was like Bartleman and Bailey and there it was like right. at Madison Square Garden or something. I do remember that. And we were just like, you know, there were animals. I mean, we're just getting that out phasing it out now which is a good well, thing but yeah i'm glad yeah here the definition of circus is like it's like a way of life like you go to circus school i have a friend that teaches circus school she teaches german wheel which is this giant like you know six and a half foot tall wheel that you grab and then it rolls around and you like flip around with it and she also does teaches aerial silks like and like uh, you know so it's like you go to school and you like learn how to do like handstand backflips and then you if you're good you get hired by a circus troupe and you go around the world performing like that's that's so what cool. circus means to me so wow. that's what i was visualizing when i wrote this that's amazing uh not a clown in sight love it i love it <laughs> i know you could like you could get you can you could just just a broader audience with that definition. That's of amazing. Circus. So that's so totally. Cool. The and these athletes that do like like in Cirque du Soleil and stuff, like they are like Olympic level athletes, like and they're totally like it's it's totally like an underappreciated art. Like um it's like this super niche thing, and yet you go there and there's people doing like it's like gymnastics, but it's like not gymnastics because they're wearing like funky costumes or face paint or whatever. Sometimes I think it takes seeing a Cirque du Soleil performance to really appreciate um it's the art and its athleticism. Totally. Yeah, and like the, this is turning into a Cirque du Soleil. I know, but, but like, you know, so, you know what? It's all it's all encompassing. I'm glad with I asked. Yeah. Of the shadow. To you're like, look, yeah. this is this this is the type. You know, just to frame it, like to what Laura said. We're like, how would you pitch this for somebody who has a different mentality of what they think the circus is? Yeah, yeah. I think I would be like, have you seen Cirque du Soleil? Because yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. that that's the perfect answer too, because uh, that is like immediately recognizable as something. Uh, you know, people know what that is. So it's like, oh, oh, that's incredible. I'm going to go pick that up. So that that was wonderful. I have a final question that's not related to the book, but it is related to like a fun fact that you have on your website. Um, latte art, you're really into. <laughs> What's your favorite thing? Because I tried it one time and it just always just the foam blops onto my latte. And so now I just yeah. say I can do clouds and marshmallows and people <laughs> think I'm being eccentric. And it's really because I can't do it at all. Yeah. It's totally like you. First of all, do you have a good like espresso machine? No, it was like when I worked in a, like a coffee okay, shop. So okay. yeah, it was yeah. not. I had one. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I basically um, speaking of traveling, I lived in Australia for a year at one point, and I got a job as a barista there. And like um, Australians are like amazing at coffee like the standard of coffee in australia like it's like the best like i love them for that um so i got hired at this job with no experience basically because i had tattoos and a canadian accent and they're like you look cool for our cafe <laughs> and like they put me through like this training course they were so extreme like if you didn't draw like perfect like rosetta leaves on a coffee it's like not servable to a customer 
So like I had like, I worked there for a few months and like by the, after that, like, you know, it's like all day pouring. Um, I got pretty good <laughs> at that, but um, it's definitely a different level uh, like as a standard in the U.S. and Canada, like it's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, there's no standard here. I feel like. yeah. <laughs> so it's the same in Canada. Like we have great cafes in Montreal. I will say. Well, thank you. I know it wasn't related to the book, but I love hearing no, like everybody's good. like niche interests that are like it makes us all interesting, and I love learning. And that's I'm so jealous of like how well traveled you are. It's amazing. It's, it's so an admirable. I love it. And oh, I, I did a lot great. in my twenties. <laughs> as you should, as you should. What else are the twenties for? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm most active on Instagram. I'd say, um, I post weird shit in my stories, like what I'm reading or whatever, my nail color or something. <laughs> so if you want to hang out, that's the place to go. I also have a Patreon, um i'm a digital artist and so i like do character art and like fun stuff on there um and i have a newsletter and there's like links to everything on my website that's probably the easiest way to find stuff and right now i'm writing the last book in my like indie series um and i'm hoping to publish that like obviously after um i don't know maybe spring we'll see not committing to anything. Yeah. But yeah, and then I think I'll be in 2024, I'll be working a lot on Malika's book, book two. So yeah. No, oh, this is so great. Thank you for taking the time and sharing us, like sharing everything and discussing this with us. We're so excited. Yeah. Um everybody make sure that you pick up Sanctuary of the Shadow. And um we're looking forward to the next one. Thanks so much, Aurora. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. As Aurora said, make sure you are checking her out on all of her socials. We'll make sure that's in our show notes as well. And please feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. And we're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks so much. And we hope to talk to you all soon. Bye.